Our guest is the most interesting individual. He is so interesting that when asked by Dos Eskies to be their spokesperson, he said he was too busy. He is an accomplished in both business and in charitable endeavors. Sam Queta is proud to be a Haitian and works diligently on developing Haiti's resources and its people, as well as his business. Sorel will have a free mic to take us where he would like to go. I told you. It's time once again for another episode of Georgia Business Radio. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel studios in Atlanta. And now here's your host, Rich Casanova. All right, Rich Casanova here alongside Artie Rudiman. Artie, you got this uh, introduction for Sorrell standing by. Go, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thank you. Uh, Sorrell is the co-founder and president of QM3 Utility Services. His company developed processes and systems and manages millions of field assets for utilities across the Southeast. He is also the president of Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce, and he's committed to empowering the Haitian American community to, be, to help one business at a time. Sorel, welcome. Well, thank you for having me, gentlemen. Rich, thank you. Artie, thank you so much. It's amazing and uh, just exciting to be here in your studios, right here in beautiful, sunny Alpharetta. You know, we're going to talk about two subjects today. We're going to talk about QM3 utility services, A, because it's a a successful business, and B, because it's a unique service that you offer. Interesting how you got into that and how it started. And, of course, uh, the organization that's most dear to your passion, and that is the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce. Indeed. So if we start, if you can just give us contact information for either or or both. Well, uh, both. QM3US.com is the home of QM3 Utility Services, and the home of the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce on the web is G-A-H-C-C-I.org find us there it's gonna be a spell check after this well yeah oh <laughs> uh, well uh, <laughs> no that's awesome i mean uh it's gonna be a fascinating conversation here on both of those entities and uh, we'll, we'll post that in the show notes as well so what else do you have there already well you know i uh, host the uh, business developers network so business is always of interest to me if you can start talking about qm3 explain what the company is and what it does And as I said, it's a unique business. I think listeners will be interested in how you got started and how you promoted it so successfully. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just to create some context, QM3 Utility Services serves gas operators like Southern Company Gas or Chattanooga Gas or Virginia Natural Gas. And uh, a good thing happened a while back. There used to be thousands of people reading meters on a monthly basis. Yep. I would always see them around our home. Walking around, yeah. And and (laughs) something magical happened to create a cost structure that's more beneficial for the gas operators. They replaced, they installed automatic meter reading units on their meters. And that created a shift in the workforce. 
the meter readers got transformed into technicians who went to do higher level jobs in those companies. And that created a vacuum, uh, a vacuum dictated by regulations that demand that the pipes and the meters be inspected for corrosion and other abnormal operating conditions to protect the public. So we're in the business of public safety, really. How come I didn't know about this? Because <laughs> you're not Sir Al Kitan. <laughs> and another byproduct of that, less uh, dogs barking as the guy went by to check the meter. <laughs> 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 so indeed. a quieter neighborhood, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so we, we deploy safety technicians on a daily basis throughout the state of Georgia and metro Atlanta and throughout the state of Virginia as well as Chattanooga, Tennessee, to visually inspect pipes and meters on both residential homes and uh, public buildings and commercial buildings. So let me when, ask, yeah. ask a dumb question. So they're, they're no longer uh, physically reading the meters. Those are done remotely? Uh, the automatic meter automatic. reading units are radio frequency right. units that actually connect to the devices on the meter. Right. Do the counting themselves and yeah. the reading and transmit the results digitally. It, it, to it, a van or central unit passing right. by. Yeah, it's kind of like the yeah. um, smart home that we've evolved into and the nest and all that good stuff, whatever. Indeed, right? indeed. Um, but at the same time, so what I'm hearing you saying, but at some frequency they go back and they f- physically inspect the status of the uh, the working models? The, or? the regulation actually dictates that the pipes and the meters be inspected. How often? Every three years. Okay. So on the birth date of a specific set of pipes and meters, right. hmm. uh, our company goes back and does that visual inspection, does the inspection for the abnormal operating conditions, and repairs whatever needs to be repaired on, on the spot. Talk about cost savings. Rather than monthly, it's once every three years that they're yeah. physically on site. Yeah. Right? That we are physically that's on what I'm site saying, yeah. on their behalf. Right, yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. That sounds labor-intensive, though, even on your part, in order to send people to these three locations that you service. Well, uh, what's, what's interesting about it all, funny you should say that, right? When you think about the whole structure, we've got a truck, a safety technician, a set, a meter set on a home or on a business that needs to be visually inspected and corrected for atmospheric corrosion if needed. Uh, a technician on our end, the processes and systems that we talked about developing and perfecting over the course of now, uh, we started in 2007 and it's now 12 years, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Congratulations. Uh, so uh, it, it's, uh, we've gotten it to the point where depending on the geographical uh, topography of the area we're inspecting, uh, a safety technician can service between 35 and 50 locations in a day. In a day? Uh, in yeah. a day. Because it's, it's um, I mean, a little bit beyond spot checking, but they're going to see something kind of obvious, a red flag to attack, which, which leads to kind of a three-part question then, right? Mm-hmm. So one, um, if it's the initial on the three-year, is it every other three years? At some point, um, it's more often. Would it be? Or And this is a three-part question, yeah? Yeah. So that's the first part. Second is... Then when they uh, identify a problem, what's the protocol from that part, right? Yeah. 
and I'll, I'll hold the third part. Yes. Yeah, so All right. Well, uh, first, you know, yeah. uh, as you were as you were telling Artie earlier, there's some things that go first when you're aging, right? <laughs> so I thought I'd, I'd let both of us try to recall the third so question. So part yeah. one, uh, the the regulation is rather strict, okay, because it's not being driven by anything technological. It's being driven primarily by public safety. Right. It is important that uh, any corrosion on the pipes, any Anything that could lead to a leak or anything that could lead to a breach in what's transporting the gas be detected early enough and corrected early enough to protect the public. So while you may go back three years later and the conditions are still good, it's important to go back and say, yep, we're still good. Okay. So does it remain on a three-year cycle? At some point, it kind of ages out, right? Uh, They do remain on a three-year cycle, and what does – satisfy the regulatory conditions or any other routine visits made by the gas operators themselves. Right, okay. Those count. So uh, if I did, if our company did go to your home, Artie, today, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that we'll go to your home again three years later because there may have been some routine checks done that actually satisfied that condition for your home and therefore reset the date of the ins- of the next inspection. So my third question then <laughs> is, uh, you mentioned the different regions you're in. How much does climate uh, impact this, right? Because we don't have a whole lot of 17-degree uh, snowstorms down here. Uh, it's, right? uh, it's very weather-dependent. It is? Well, okay. uh, you know, if it's too cold, we don't go out. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't talking about you, sir. I, was, <laughs> well, I wouldn't either, right? But I, no, you're going a different direction. I'm no, talking I about know which direction the corrosion going, and the equipment itself. How does that impact? If the, you're in Virginia Beach. Right. I was, I would, I you get Virginia corroded Beach. like that. You mean the, the equipment, not me? Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I went to high school there, lived there in Virginia Beach. Shout out to uh, my crowd in Virginia Beach. Well, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, that does explain All it. Right. This turned into a whole I'm this looking over conversation. Here I, is this an intervention I wasn't aware of? <laughs> yeah, guys. So, uh, so weather does impact it, right? Yeah, weather okay. does impact it. Uh, the salty conditions. Sure. Uh, heat. Heat, humidity, humidity down here, all of that gets in so. And then uh, my three three point a point a question was is um, so now when the equipment you do detect something, yeah, right. So what's the protocol for that point? Uh, what, the protocol what is we are qualified to correct a specific abnormal operating condition. Okay. QM three utility services is qualified to detect and repair atmosphere corrosion on the pipes leading to a meter and the meter itself. So when very that specific. condition is detected, we correct it. You can address it right there. Right there. Right. If another condition is sure. detected that we're not qualified to do, we report it immediately to the gas Utilities. operators and they take care of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're fun to say we are your eyes and ears in the field. Wow. If you have field assets such as poles meters, fire hydrants, anything that could impact public safety, uh, we can be your eyes and ears in the field and leave you to do what you do best, which is take care of your customers. 
We'll perfect. take care of you so you can take care of your customers. And that's a perfect note for our mm-hmm. segue here. We're about halfway through the episode. If there's no other points, we might pivot to the uh, Chamber of Commerce. Was there any other points on the uh, QM3 yeah, that you want to cover? Uh, I, I want to uh, actually acknowledge the people that make QM3 what it is. And I think for your listeners, it's important to note that no organization can survive or thrive without its people. So first of all, we have a woman CEO who happens to be my wife. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> her name is Suzanne Gaetan. We Shout want out. to acknowledge her. And uh, we also... Hey! <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild, yeah. <laughs> so QM3 Utility Services is, is a woman-owned organization, and uh, I'm privileged to be playing that role on their behalf. Uh, uh, our employees make us who we are. We cannot brag about the quality of the services we do without them. And last but not least, I want to point the importance of networking. Artie, you asked earlier, how do you get into a business like that? Yeah. Yes. Right, yeah. How that do you get intriguing. into a business yes. like that? Yeah. So, is, is that com- the teaser for the next episode or whatever? You leave them hanging or you got to answer it <laughs> no, now? No, I'm going to answer it now because it's quick, right? Cool. Uh, our company, it's kind of a three-way thing. You were talking about two degrees of separation right, earlier, yeah, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, as a community person, I lead, I used to lead seminars. Right. And I'm standing in front of the room leading a three-hour seminar, and typically I stand up and say, my name is Soler Ketan, and this is what I do for a living. This is the family I have, da, da, da. And at the end of that seminar session, someone approached me and said, you need to speak to my mother-in-law. And I said, well, of course I will. (laughs) (laughs) And I met with mother-in-law at the Olive Garden on Pleasant Hill (laughs) (laughs) in the heart of Gwinnett County next to the Gwinnett Place Mall. And that conversation led to what today is QM3 Utility Services. Uh, We went from serving 15,000 locations year one, which was October 2007, to now serving over 250,000 locations. Whoa, that's insane. In in, in a year. So uh, never discount the importance of being out there and simply meeting people and well and talking about yeah. serendipity yeah right <laughs> <laughs> how about that right <laughs> we're here and you do, we just heard an amazing yeah. story about that yeah yeah wow so one more time what's the qm3 uh, website uh you can find qm3 at qm3us.com all right, gentlemen, um, and I think that applause won you some brownie points, whatever, right? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Scored on that. So, uh, okay, so let's segue in our next uh, segment um, about the Chamber of Commerce. And just want to remind our listeners to listen to the Georgia Podcast with uh, Artie Rudiman and Rich Casanova here, along with uh, Sorrell the Man, the myth, the legend. He's in person in our studio. You should have been here. But How about ne- that? But you're listening. So <laughs> second best. Okay, guys, so um, Artie, if you want to tee up uh, a little bit about the Chamber, if Sorrell, you want to jump into that and tell us some, some backstory or how you got involved, because we're talking about the Chamber. Yeah, absolutely. What was your origins of, uh, where did those crossroads meet? Well, those crossroads meet this way. Uh, it, it pays to Was actually... Olive Garden involved? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. Oh, wow. It pays to be in business and create the space where you can have flexibility to not only – uh, give of your time and your resources, but also give off some of the money you earn. Right. So, uh, by and large, the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce 
is an organization operated by working volunteers, including okay. me. Right. And uh, guess what? Working volunteers <laughs> spend time, right? <laughs> and to the extent that you spend time and that time is, you know, it's, it's worth something. And so uh, our company, QM3 Utility Services, operates as a B corporation where a portion of my time is actually donated to the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce. So that's the connection. Okay. There. Uh, the other big connection is uh, simply my passion as a Haitian man to see my country and my people thrive yeah. today and in the future. And flourish and, yeah. um, and be what they can be, right? Yeah, absolutely. Reach their potential. Yeah. So um, before we talk about uh, Haiti, uh, let's, let's go back to the, uh, the vision and the mission of the Georgian uh, Haitian Chamber, American Chamber of Commerce? Uh, the vision of the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce is simple. In a phrase, and I'll translate the phrase in two ways, right? The first way I love to translate it now is that we help them achieve their dreams. Who's them and there? And them are the future leaders. Okay. Of Haiti, okay, both here in the state of Georgia, where we operate as a right. chamber, and also in Haiti, where over sixty percent of the population is under the age of thirty. Wow! Given that's the case, say that again. 60%. Over sixty percent of the population of Haiti under. is under the age of thirty. Wow! That presents a tremendous opportunity for the future, doesn't it? Yeah, and a challenge though too, right? Because yeah. we're the leaders. Right. What what models do they have to follow if if they're dominating, you know, more than 50 percent, in this case, 60 percent. Right. And the models they have to follow uh, is what we currently have, which has produced over years a country that's in a state that uh, we would call. Uh, I'll say it as a Haitian person. Uh, my country's in, in a deplorable state and I make it my business to take it from there so that I my brothers and sisters and the people of Haiti uh, realized their dreams by Haiti becoming a developed nation. So on that point, um, again, kind of a two-prong here at least, is uh, what's the mis biggest misperception of the country of Haiti? The biggest misperception of the country of Haiti is that Haiti has nothing. <laughs> and that flat, it's flat, isolated, uh, or... You know, um, that it's poor, that, uh, that it's... Uh, desolate and right. people are desperate and that couldn't be farther from the truth really uh because uh well back up for a second where yeah. do you think that perception comes from uh that perception comes from uh what you hear in the news and see on tv right? and see on tv yeah the visuals i mean <coughs> to be honest that's that's all the, the information, unless you, I guess, visit there and it all, or meet someone. It, that's what I was about to say. It yeah. also comes from the effectiveness of what you see and hear on TV yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that and actually the, deters you from going to see it And the yourself. selectiveness. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they select media outlets, unfortunately, tend to select the kind of um, uh, the headline grabbing, the dramatic, you know, and they don't tell the other side of the story like Paul, yeah. Har Paul Harvey used to do, right? Yeah. Exactly. And uh, to... Add to your point, there are individuals, organizations, and institutions in Haiti who are working diligently to create a developed nation by the chamber stating its mission and its vision as Haiti is a developed nation. We are not saying that the people of Haiti do not know how to do that and are not working on it. They are. 
there are yeah, because that can cause yeah. some friction, right? Like, yeah. who are you in Atlanta, yeah. Georgia, telling us yeah. what so, to do? Right? So I will say it flat out: <laughs> uh, we're not coming as the savior, and we're not, and uh, we are giving ourselves as the partners of the people of Haiti, uh, with a singular focus on 17 sustainable development goals. Uh, as defined by the United Nations, we're adopting that okay. to say, you know what, as we work with you, we will be gauging our performance by how much the needle moves in, the, in right. these areas now and in the future. And uh, just to name a few of these areas, particularly uh, the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce has adopted 10 of them. Wow. And uh, through these 10, we actually screen the participation of young Haitian leaders in Haiti right. to participate in a program called the BELL Initiative. BELL stands for Business, Entrepreneurship, and Leadership. Okay. They're selected based on their focus on and their commitment to moving the needle in the following 10 areas. One, zero poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and economic growth, industry, innovation, and infrastructure, peace, justice, and strong institutions, and last but not least, a concerted partnership to achieve all these goals together. And it is that partnership that the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce is joining arm-in-arm, shoulder-to-shoulder with the people of Haiti, with institutions in Haiti, who are creating and causing for themselves Haiti a developed nation. The audience is probably wondering specifically how do you go about that? Yeah. Uh, and how we're going about it rests almost entirely on the fact that 60% of the population is under the age of 30. And we see that as a tremendous opportunity. A resource. You can yeah. leverage that, right? Because uh, yeah. they, they have that clean slate. They're not maybe tied up in the the, um, uh, the past, right, of like, we can't achieve this. Sometimes you have that younger person, they don't see the obstacles that an older person sees, right? Yeah, not only that, they are hungry for opportunity. Yeah. And they are brilliant. Technology. <laughs> oh, and, my God. And, yeah. And, and, and they, ha- they have the connectivity that the older the other generations didn't have and, and are not familiar with, right? And, and not to discount the experience of the older generation, yeah, you need the that ones balance. who are there right. to, to, to support them. So how we do it specifically, anchoring ourselves in the under-30 age group as the resource that's going to create for the next, that evolution yeah, yeah. for Haiti the Bell Initiative program actually selects one from each department. This year, uh, we were successful enough to select 12. Wow. 12 young Haitian leaders will be landing in Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport wow. on June 28th. Wow. And uh, on June 29th at the Russell Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, we'll have a grand welcoming ceremony for them. And on the 30th, the next day, they ship out to go to Iowa City. They're at the... Wow. Uni- so about a shocker or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness it's summertime. <laughs> Time that just right. Oh, yeah. my God. It will be 30 degrees at night. I guarantee you. 
Yeah, what's winter like in uh, uh, Haiti? Is there, is there one? Uh, yes, there is. Really? Really? Yeah, it's about 72 degrees. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they ship out to, to <laughs> Iowa City. They ship out to Iowa City, and there, our very good friend, uh, we entered in this working agreement with the University of Iowa. Okay. Specifically, the International School of Business, uh, where Dimi Doliska. Dr. Dimitriska is the director of that school, and he administers for the group of twelve over the course of twelve weeks—no, two weeks, excuse me—the uh, venture school. So, through the venture school, young Haitian leaders committed in that way, brilliant as they are, and having said themselves, we stand for Haiti being a developed nation, right. are out to cause themselves as effective business people. They will learn not only how to pull a business canvas together right. based on their existing enterprise or forming enterprises, but they will also learn how to pitch it. Wow. And then they come back to Atlanta on the 13th oh, okay. of June, of July. Okay. They come back to Atlanta on the 13th of July, and they pitch in front of real investors. Right. Members of our community, members of our network, and we commemorate that milestone of Another 12 young Haitian leaders, because this is our third year. We've done oh. this three years in a row. First year, there were four. Second year, there were nine. And this year, there are 12. That, and I was speaking to Artie over lunch. In two years, I say there shall be 100. Wow. And uh, so back to your question, how do we intend on achieving this? We intend on achieving this by engaging the under 30 crowd and empowering them not only to cause and create enterprises that create jobs in their communities, but also empowering them as leaders yeah. who go back and lead with responsibility and integrity. I mean, it's almost like the 12 disciples, right? So, <laughs> Oh, my God. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, though. But we know how that we'll turned out. groups of 12 disciples. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but it, it, it can start with that small of a number and the ripple effect. Absolutely. Can last generations. Yeah, I mean eons, or you know, decades, or uh, centuries. But um, so we only have a few minutes left, gentlemen. So I'm going to uh, tee up one other question. But as we're thinking about this, if there's any other things that needs to be uh, on the short list covered before we uh, sign off, make sure let's make sure that happens. But um, I don't know if this is a dumb question or not. But obviously, you're here with the uh, Haitian American Chamber of Commerce in Atlanta. Are there other uh, chambers and how many, or what's the footprint throughout the U.S.? Uh, there are, there okay. are. Uh, what does that there look like? There is a uh, Haitian Chamber of Commerce of Florida. Okay. Uh, my colleagues at Hackoff, we call okay. it. There is a Haitian Chamber of Commerce in Fort Lauderdale. What about New York? Uh, there is one in New York. There is one in Boston. Hmm. So one like in a, Chicago. So, so about a uh, dozen or so, or uh, I'd say about seven okay. that are active. Okay. And uh, working in concert and in partnership, not only with each other, yeah. but with the American Chamber of Commerce in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. Okay. So uh, there is a growing coalition and a working document that started to actually uh, shape the collaboration between chambers here. So two other rapid-fire questions. Or, go yep. ahead. Thank you, Rich. Uh, do they follow the same program as far as internship uh, and developing, uh, empowering entrepreneurs? Uh, no, they do not. Uh, the chambers in... Uh, cities around they're all independent so this they're is all like independent. an initiative that you guys created yeah they're all independent and they grow to serve their constituency mm -hmm. so the chamber in florida 
has a population of close to 500,000. What? Uh, oh, yeah. There, well, there, there's close to 500,000 wow, wow, people of Haitian descent mm-hmm. in just South Florida. But not members of the chamber, necessarily. Not members yeah, of yeah. the chamber. No. Yeah, the community. The uh, community. At, at large, yeah. And what are we looking at in Atlanta serve. or Georgia, the metro? Uh, Atlanta, what do you estimate? In Atlanta, Georgia, we estimate it uh, conservatively at somewhere between eighty and 100,000. Oh, I thought you said 80. Like, no, 80,000 to 100,000. Yeah. 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 When 80th of them would be right yeah. in front Yeah, of I know. We could have yeah. them all here today. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, I thought my other rapid-fire question was, how often do you get down there um, yourself? Um, to Miami or to Haiti? Haiti, yeah. Uh, between 2013 and now, uh, I've been taking a minimum of two trips a year. Oh, wow. Uh, back in 2009, from 2009 to 2013, uh, I took as many as eight trips in a year. So my last rapid fire, and, and uh, we may have to sign off on this unless there's another urgent pending question, is um, how can people help? You know, what's a call to action? You know, obviously they can visit the website, but is there uh, something they could step up and contribute or take action? I love this question. Okay, yeah. So the, the first <laughs> That's why I wanted one, to save time for that <laughs> one, yeah. The, the, the first way people can contribute is in uh, spreading this message and the message is simple haiti is a developed nation as a possibility like whenever you hear bad news about haiti right think of this message this half hour go back replay this podcast and hear these words haiti is a developed nation as a possibility and second uh, developed countries take resources And currently, we are in the process of bringing the 12 young Haitian leaders to uh, the states, and financial support will make a difference. In addition to that kind of support, which is not only believing, but supporting and spreading the possibility. On our site at gahcci.org, once the homepage pops up, you will see a button called Adopt a Fellow. Oh, okay. So you have the opportunity to adopt one of the Bell Fellows. One of those 12. One of those See, 12. See, that's something people can kind of wrap their head around and get involved yeah. in and get behind. Because, I mean, you can certainly do a donate button and donate the bigger cause. And that certainly helps, right, in, in the yeah. big picture. But it's, um, there's something about the dynamic of identifying a certain person and, and uh, maybe be uh, attending the pitch event in Orlando, whatever, which I'm sure they can find out at the yeah. website on social media and so forth. But being there and then just resonating with one or two of the 12, that that's something that reminds me of my either childhood or my trials or, or uh, challenges or it, uh, something that they're doing that inspires you, exactly. whether business-wise or whether they're launching a nonprofit. And then so, um, you know, help that cause. And then, like they say, I mean, the, um, uh, the ripple effect can last generations. Yeah. yeah. I, I do have one question before we sign off, and that is, what about um, support in reverse? So um, there are 450,000 Haitians in, in, in the Atlanta metro area. No, no, no. no that would be it, in Miami. Miami, oh, yeah, about 300,000, so yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Three, uh, no, 100. Right? 80, 80, 80 to 100,000. 100, That's yeah. a lot. So my, my point is, and that is, many of them have businesses. Yes. So has, have they been brought in to particularly work with Haitian businesses on an export-import basis? Uh, in some instances, yes. And uh, that reminds me to actually say 
thank you to our sponsors, the sponsors of the Georgia Haitian American Chamber of Commerce, make the chamber what it is. And uh, I won't name them individually, but I am immensely grateful. We have several corporate sponsors, and many of them are Haitian-owned businesses. Ah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, we are now officially out of time. So uh, that wraps up another episode of the uh, Georgia Podcast. Rich Casanova alongside Artie Rudiman. We'll see you on the uh, very next uh, show. Uh, Stay tuned for that episode coming up soon. Thank you again for joining Rich Casanova and our guests on the Pro Business Channel. Use the social media links here to share today's show and stay tuned for the next episode of Georgia Business Radio.